Hey everyone, this is George Soto with Soto Ventures. Today I am with Kevin Spain, who's a partner at Emergence Capital down in Silicon Valley. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today, George. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, congrats on, on Sales Loft, which I wanted to ask you a little bit about later on. But, uh, but yeah, I just want you to kick off by just uh, providing some background um, around you know, your career and, and how you got involved in, uh, in venture investing. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, so I, I have been here at Emergence Capital for now almost nine years. So almost since the, the very beginning, Emergence got started about 10, 11 years ago. And, um, you know, I, I originally came out to Silicon Valley as co-founder of a startup back in the late 90s. Uh, that, that was the last gold rush or one of the last gold rushes. And uh, it was a fun time to come out and really cut my teeth as an entrepreneur for the first time. Uh, I uh, started that company during what was obviously a bubble. And we sort of rode that bubble up and then rode it all the way back down again. So it was a wonderful experience for a time. And then it was a really tough experience for a while. Um, and after that, I spent a few years in larger technology companies, uh, electronic arts for a few years, uh, and then up in uh, Seattle working at Microsoft. And so it had a few different operating roles in larger tech companies, uh, which was a lot of fun in some ways, but I really yearned to get back to something more entrepreneurial again. And, you know, I got to know the emergence guys, you know, about nine years ago, like I said, and really loved their strategy of being, you know, 100% focused on the cloud, which I believe was going to be the next big trend in enterprise technology. Uh, and I really loved the idea of not just being able to work with entrepreneurs and help entrepreneurs every day, but also was going to have the opportunity to actually help really start a firm in many ways. I mean, the firm was a couple years old, but I was sort of the fourth person coming onto the investment team and really had an opportunity to help build emergence into what it is today. So it was sort of entrepreneurial on a couple of fronts. And, and that's what got me excited about coming this way. Awesome. Awesome. So you've been with Emergence for nine years, almost a decade. How have you seen venture investing evolve over that, uh, that time period? Well, it's interesting. I think, you know, uh, some things are definitely the same as when I started and, and many things I think are different. I think, you know, for us at Emergence, clearly there's no question that the trend that we invest against, which is 100% enterprise, 100% cloud, uh, even nine years ago, or you know, definitely nine years ago, that was still somewhat of a nascent trend. You did not have as many venture investors or entrepreneurs thinking about that as you have today. And so the, the space that we operate in uh, has certainly become more well understood and more competitive. So that's one thing that's certainly changed for us. Um, I think over that same period of time, you know, you've seen you've seen a couple of other meaningful things change. It's certainly become less expensive than ever to start a business in the space. You know, you have Amazon Web Services now. You didn't have that nine years ago. You've got this proliferation of great open source technologies that any entrepreneur can leverage. And so it's easier than ever to really build a business, start building a business literally in your spare time with your time and a couple of, of your friends to helping out around the edges and start generating revenue and have a bit of a company before you ever go out and raise money. And that's much more true today than it was nine years ago. And I think the other thing I would mention, which a lot of people are aware of, but is I think a direct result of the trend I just mentioned around things becoming cheaper to build, is you've had this amazing pro proliferation of seed stage firms right, that have emerged to help fund these companies on their way to a Series A, right? And increasingly, a lot of these guys are looking for real traction 
traction in a business before they ever invest because they're seeing more entrepreneurs walk in the door with a product and paying customers, even if they've never raised any money previously. So yeah, definitely some things that have, have shifted during my time in the business. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that certainly resonates with me. <laughs> uh, you mentioned that uh, Emergence you know, focuses on enterprise deals. Are there any you know, particular spaces or verticals that you're personally excited about? Yeah. Well, so you know, all things enterprise, all things cloud are exciting to us just generally. But there are two big thematic areas in the enterprise that I would say we are most excited about today. One of those is what we're calling um, industry cloud. And we've been talking about this for a while. It, this is a concept of industry focused or vertically focused applications. So, you know, different than let's say Salesforce, which is actually our, our first investment as a firm. Salesforce obviously sells to any industry, any vertical pretty much. The concept around industry cloud is you, you don't do that, right? You go after one industry, you pursue it relentlessly, and you're able to capitalize on amazing word of mouth and, and build a solution, frankly, that is so perfect a fit for the customers in that industry that they don't want to buy from anybody else. So we've invested in, a, in a, a number of industry cloud companies over the last five, six, seven years. Probably uh, one of the best known of those is a company called Viva Systems, uh, where I was on the board until last year. Viva is a public company, uh, $3.5 billion market cap. Uh, going after the life sciences industry, so the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, and they just had an amazing run uh, and continue to grow at a, at a very fast clip because they know that industry so well. So beyond life sciences, we've invested in a lot of companies in healthcare, education, uh, transportation, consumer packaged goods, insurance. Uh, and we're looking for more interesting industry cloud companies to back. So that's that's one big thematic push for us. Um, the second one uh, that I'll mention is mobile enterprise. And this is a really, really big trend. Look, everybody in venture, everybody in Silicon Valley is talking about mobile. That's not new. But the thing that I think a lot of people don't think about when it comes to mobile coming into the business world is that 80% of the world's workers do not sit at a desk to do their jobs, right? These are people in industries like construction or manufacturing or healthcare or retail, uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, these are workers that have never had access to great technology to do their jobs. And now almost every single one of those workers is walking onto their job site every day with a smartphone in their pocket. And for the first time, there is an opportunity now to build applications that help those workers actually do their jobs more effectively. And so when you think about it, you know the size of the opportunity there is massive. $250 billion a year is spent on business applications for desk workers, essentially, right? That's 20% of the world's workforce. Now we have the opportunity to address the other 80% with mobile technologies. So you could argue that is you know, literally hundreds of billions of dollars of addressable market opportunity uh, that, uh, that is now becoming available because of mobile devices. So that's the other big trend that we're, uh, we're investing against pretty heavily. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I'm such a fan personally of enterprise and B2B sort of businesses, not only because I'm, you know, I'm a salesperson, I'm, I'm really, you know, I can't write code and build applications myself. So it, it requires me to, you know, team up with a team and, and then I can focus on selling. That's the first thing. But secondly, I, I love the idea of like taking all these processes that are in kind of like the real world outside of tech and, and develop SaaS products that say that, that just help 
help automate some of these processes. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan, absolutely, of, of enterprise. You know, Kevin, real quick, what would you say in, if you had uh, to provide three tips uh, to an early stage founder when they are starting to plan their Series A, what would those three tips be? Sure. Well, the first thing that I would recommend is um, get to know investors way before your Series A, right? Begin building relationships far in advance of your Series A. I would recommend, you know, one of the things you should be looking for, even in your seed stage investors, are investors who have great connections to Series A investors and are willing to make those connections and those introductions very, very soon, frankly, after you raise your seed round, because you want to spend six to 12 months getting to know Series A investors, developing an opinion about who you think is going to be excited about what you're doing, and frankly, who you want to work with, right? I mean, this is a big commitment you're making. You're bringing somebody onto your board. You're ideally bringing somebody onto your board who's really going to be a supporter, a confidant, who's going to be able to really help you out. And that is not something you can figure out in the course of two to four weeks while you're raising your Series A. It is going to take you months to really assess whether there's going to be a good fit there. Um, that's great for, for entrepreneurs. That's also great for us as Series A investors, right? We like to get to know entrepreneurs early on because we're looking for the same thing. We want entrepreneurs who we think we're going to gel with, we're going to be able to work well with. So uh, something I see a lot of entrepreneurs not necessarily think about until they get really close to the Series A and then they've lost that opportunity. So almost right after the seed round, start thinking about which Series A investors you want to get to know. That's the first thing I would say. Uh, the second thing that I would say is, um, you know, don't uh, don't be too aggressive about the amount of capital you're raising in the Series A. Um, you know, and this is a trend that I'm seeing a lot these days. And you know, frankly, I think oftentimes there is an ability for entrepreneurs to raise a lot of money at the Series A because uh, the markets are just awash with capital right now. Um, but that can really come back to bite you, particularly if when you go out to raise, you're asking for a number that the market just fundamentally thinks is too big. So the better approach is to go out and maybe target something at the lower end of your range and then uh, wait and see what the market says. If you've got a tremendous amount of demand for your round, uh, you'll be able to raise the size of the round uh, accordingly. But sometimes I see entrepreneurs uh, you know, get a little too aggressive with the amount that they try to raise, and that can actually have an effect of turning some investors off. Um, and the third thing that I would recommend is practice your pitch like crazy. It really does pay. Uh, to spend a lot of time getting your materials together and refining those materials in front of other people who are going to give you genuine and critical feedback. Uh, there is no substitute for actually practicing that pitch, and you don't want to actually get that practice while you're out on the fundraising trail. So uh, find those people who you think are going to really actively engage with you on that, give you honest feedback, and that'll help you a lot. Awesome. Well, Kevin, Thanks again for taking the time. Just a, a quick question regarding, you know, sales loft. Congratulations. I think those folks are doing in, in just amazing things for our whole industry. I know Kyle and Sean and Robin, those, those folks really well. What would you think here in the short term is going to be kind of the beginning of the future of sales automation and tools? Do you think that these things are going to be in the browser? Are they going to be getting built on Salesforce or are they just a self-standing application that hooks into Salesforce? How do you, how do you kind of think it might play out? Well, I mean, first of all, I think we're going to see a wide range of really exciting sales enablement tools 
continue to emerge right over the coming years. Um, I think you know, look, this whole trend towards inside sales and you know uh, sales development reps, which is obviously the area that uh, the sales law focuses on. Uh, that's something that has been building and growing, you know, starting here in Silicon Valley over the course of the last five to ten years, and it's now expanding. You know, that trend is expanding even beyond uh, the tech community and beyond Silicon Valley. And so, um, I think you know what we're going to see is a continued uh, evolution of the sales process across a a wide variety of industries and a wide variety of geographies. And as a result of that, the market opportunity for developing really innovative sales enablement tools to take advantage of these new sales techniques is only going to grow and grow, which is going to draw more entrepreneurs in, which is going to create more innovation. So, look, I think some of those are going to be standalone tools. Some of those will be uh, plugged into Salesforce. Some of those will probably be acquired by Salesforce and SAP and other folks in the CRM space. Um, But the good news uh, regardless of how those technologies look and how those products plug into others, the good news for entrepreneurs is I think there's just a huge and growing amount of opportunity in that market. So, uh, you know, Kyle and the SalesLoft team, they're doing an amazing job and they're one of a crop of companies in that space that we're we're watching, obviously, and we're clearly excited about. And I think there, there are going to be more great things to come. Great. Well, Kevin, thank you so much once again. It's been, uh, I've had a lot of fun today. What would be the best way to, you know, let's say, read your content? Um, is it on Twitter? Is it on your blog? If someone wanted to learn more about Emergence as well as a capital source? Absolutely. So uh, for me personally, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kevin Spain. Uh, you can uh, just search for me in Google and you'll find my blog. That's kevinspain.com. Uh, or you can go to the Emergence Capital website. That's mcap, E-M-C-A-P dot com to learn a little bit more about us and, and what we're spending time on. Awesome. Well, Kevin, have a great day. I'm, I'm hanging out here in New York for the next couple of weeks, and then I'm going to go to Europe a little bit with uh, you know, Jim Payne, and, and uh, hopefully Jim will come. But uh, thanks again. I'd, I'd hope to be in touch shortly. Okay, sounds great. Thanks for having me, George. Take care. Thank you.